1: To the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 213. This is for season eight, episode four of The Walking Dead, entitled The Big Scary You. Hi, I'm your host, Craig Demanda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Earth Scary who? Scary you. <laughs> the big scary. It's big, man. You don't want to mess with that. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Richard Chubtoe Sheldon.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's going. It's going. Mr. Daryl Taylor hey,
3: everybody how you how you doing? <laughs> Do better than Father Gabriel right now. I'll tell you that. Well, don't put guts on yourself when you're don't put the guts on yourself when you're in the room
1: with I, Negan. I can't believe Negan didn't try that before. I was like oh, hi, I heard about this, but let me give this a shot. this' little guts. yeah, thing. but now yeah. it
3: makes you sick. Did we not when <laughs> when did this happen that it now it makes you sick? I don't know and about you, that. He must know. have interfered with Gabriel's sickle cell anemia.
2: <laughs> I thought he probably just got bit and didn't say anything.
3: No, he said it in the the word. His exact words were, "It's amazing. Some people even get sick when they do this."
4: And That's then the- he said,
3: "I'm from down south." For what did he say? Yeah, I'm from, he from- said, Georgia. I'm- yeah. We're
5: from- he said we're from Georgia. Yeah, (laughs) it's a a perfect it's a perfect line reading of
3: it.
2: Well, as much as they I didn't I didn't catch that, I guess, because as much as they leaned on it in the beginning of this series, they heavily leaned on it and continue to do so with Nick and fear. And then it's they're now going to throw this in there. That's That's what made made it weird. That's what made it weird to me. So, folks, before
1: we go any longer, we're also joined by Mr. Jim Dietz. Hey, you know, the chokehold is a legal asshole, okay? <laughs> maybe maybe,
5: maybe that's the crossover episode. Nick walks across the country and gets sick from putting too much guts on himself. Right. <laughs> By the way, Nick is a character on Fear of the Walking Dead, a show that used to be on AMC. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know it's something, something oh. They oh, might damn. not be aware of Characters
0: involved. I, I think oh, it's going to be my or blood pressure yeah. medicine because there's a lot of salt around here, man. I can't get <laughs> sodium.
3: But it oh. it is interesting how they make it look totally disgusting to do it on here. But in Fear of the
1: Walking Dead, it's like putting on paint.
3: He
0: puts on like makeup. It's like
1: war paint. Yeah, that's all he does. It's true. Paint. It's yeah. interesting.
0: Huh. I mean, also, I mean, in this show, they have to put it all over themselves and everything. And, and Fear the Walking Dead, just a little bit on the face, a little behind Yeah, you just the, rub it on the face with a mask. like <laughs> Cologne, you know. It's <laughs>
1: little, you
0: pretend it's a little Axe yeah, Bobby spray.
1: Sex Panther, right? That's it. Yeah. 60% yeah. 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 <laughs> of the time, it works every time. That's, right. <laughs> That's a good callback. There you go. <laughs> so, um, before we get started, too, that Chokehold reference, did anyone catch that from the first season? Like, that was... Um, when Shane chokeholded, uh, uh, uh what was it, uh, Daryl? Yep. Okay, oh, right. You're and he's right. like, so you you know. "Chokeholds are illegal, asshole!" Like you know, like that. Like, so that was a that was a callback to season one. I thought that was actually pretty cool. And um, oh shit, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because yeah, right? I I told you guys I rewatched I about season about one.
5: That. That's exa- yeah, that's right.
1: That's yeah, with the Shane gets done choking the shit out of him, he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. chokeholds are legal, man!" You know, like that. Yep. <laughs> so they just called it right back. I thought that was great. That makes that line even better. <laughs> right, because even on its own, it's like Rick's trying to be funny, but then if, you, if it goes back to what something Daryl said eight years ago, that's mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, kind of even funnier for the real hardcore fan out there. But uh, before we get started with all our theories, we got some actually some casting news. You guys brought up Fear of the Walking Dead, the other show we cover on, on this network. Um, and interesting, I mean, we know that Scott M. Gimple is taking over the show in season four. We've had some speculation. I'm suspecting a major... "Quote unquote reboot." They're going to really amp up things, I think, over there. We've heard some new casting. I think that supports that theory a bit. Who's who it? Aaron, that's joining the cast. Uh, was it Dharma and uh, who else? Uh, the other Dharma guy, right? and Garrett, but not um, yeah, we, we, <laughs> Dharma and not Greg, right? Okay,
5: yeah, Dharma and Garrett. That's that's what's Dharma happening. and Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah it's a uh, it, yeah. The the development this week was that there's two new cast members coming to the Fear of the Walking Dead, and one is Jenna Elfman, who yeah, you know from Dharma and Greg among other. Other show that seems like such a was it like there was a show recently, Imaginary Mary, that she was like the star of, which is <laughs> I assume was canceled because <laughs> I don't hear about it anymore. <laughs> um, because I'm just, as you say, Dharma and Greg is like that's such a '90s staple now. It's like it's 2017. Do people know that show offhand? If I say the words Dharma and Greg, I but guess I call
1: him back a bit. But that's what I remember. It, it seems <laughs> like her. That's yeah. what I'm trying to think about that loud.
5: And the other is uh, Garrett Dillahunt, who's a great character actor that I'm a big fan of. He's in he's been in a ton of stuff, but he's he's on currently on The Gifted. The, the, the x-men series on fox he has like a recording role there um a deadwood just, alum by the way which he's is, another deadwood is. alum he was on justified in the last season he was in no country or old men 12 years of Slave. like there's a lot of movies he's pops in a looper it's another one uh, so yeah he's he's an actor i enjoy quite a bit so it's like okay that's a fun get and yeah see what scientologist jenna elfman has to do when fear the walking dead let's find out what goes on there it's- <laughs> uh, uh, there's no spe- specified role of these who these people are playing as of yet, and since it's not based off any comic we know, I mean, there's there's no precedence for who they could be playing, so we'll just have to kind of wait and see. I would assume Americans.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll be Americans probably. Although you know uh, they could stretch their possibly roles. Yeah. possibly Canadians, most likely Americans. I mean, and the show is also relocating to Texas. I heard this the uh, the, the studios oh. or the uh, the production I should say is relocating oh, to wow. to Austin, Texas. So uh our long lost friend uh Jordan from Jersey will be have a front row seat of some seat of some Fear the Walking Dead hopefully if it's uh, shooting over there in his backyard. I hope he's just
5: I hope for one thing I hope he's listening and if he is, hi Jordan. Also, hey. you should desperately try to become an extra on this
1: show, like a featured background player. <laughs> true. They don't have many zombies, but maybe you could be with maybe you could be the one they have that he, week, you never know.
2: He could be the grown-up version of Toby.
1: Oh, that would be good. It's good, <laughs> man. I like that. So I, I, I suspect. I mean, uh, the, the Gimple's going to reboot that whole show. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they just. Oh, you there's, know it. Yeah, there's not much left to work with over there. They killed half the cast off anyway. So I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean it does end in a court of a, a precarious
5: situation for certain people, but yeah, okay, well, yeah, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> right,
1: but it's a good thing. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is good stuff. This is not bad. I think it needs it, you know, so no, it's... We'll, we'll
0: see, see if it's good stuff, but yeah, that's, that's good. That's true. It certainly, it certainly needs something, man. Yeah, it certainly does.
1: Yeah. So this week's episode um got a lot of you know good fanfare across the internet. I was reading some of our listeners' you know views and and some of the other you know- written reviews like yours aaron uh and it it was good I mean uh the big scary you it was a story by Scott M. Gimple, David Leslie Johnson, and Angela Kang, but the teleplay was by David Leslie Johnson and Angela Kang so obviously. Scott didn't have any part of the teleplay. He just probably pretty much told him what to write. And directed by Michael E. uh, Satrazimus was the director. So, what did you guys think about this one?
5: It's a good up. Like, I I missed last week to talk about how much I think it's a fantastic episode. Uh, I think this one's a bit of a step down from last week, but not in the way where it's like, this is so much worse than last week. It's just more like, okay, this is a little different. It's not quite as good in my eyes, but I still liked it quite a bit.
3: Yeah, I thought it was. It was cool. I At first, when they were doing a flashback, I was kind of, you know, I, yeah. I, for a minute, I was a little, you know, worried that it would be, you know, be kind of a boring episode if they're just going to do flashback. Like, I already saw this stuff. We already know. Yeah. But and I flashback mean, as it went. Meeting. Like, just a meeting. Yeah, a, flashback <laughs> to the meeting a board meeting. The room. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I get why. But as they progressed and they got into kind of showing us the breakdown of of me yeah. of uh negan's group you know kind of what the leadership if you can call it that um his war room <laughs> is war room. Well,
2: right? and, to sh- and to show how shaky the leadership yeah that's exactly right yeah okay i'm just saying with without the presence of negan right th- they're nobody and and the people that are on the workers or whatever they are very aware of negan is the glue holding it well, together it which so in a way hot it almost gives you kind of a little bit of respect for Negan's position. Not so much the way he handles it, but
3: yeah, but it was that. also a response to the whole conversation with Daryl and, and Rick, you know, with Daryl saying, you know, let's burn it down and let God decide, <laughs> you know, like basically his thought process. I mean, and Rick bring it up to work. Like you hear about the workers, but you, we really don't see them too much anymore. We haven't seen the workers for a while.
2: Well, when you're True. when you're lost in the desert and you're dying of thirst, you're going to take from the first person to offer you a drink. And it seems like a lot of these people in this apocalypse trying to survive and not finding a way, Negan was the one with the water. So in a way, I, I get how this all came about. It just turns out Negan's a sadistic son of a bitch on top of
0: all of it, so... We also got a lot of stuff from the Here's Negan uh, comic, actually. A lot of this mm-hmm. background from Negan came right yeah. from that continuity. Right. And I, I mean, I thought that was cool. I thought, you know, I, I don't know if this it really, for me, it seemed like stuff that we could have seen, you know, sprinkled in along other episodes. You know what I mean? It kind of,
4: mm,
0: yeah. I mean, we got like a, a nice inertia work in there with uh, the, you know, the group and everything. And then we had everything happening last uh, episode. I kind of wanted to keep that momentum going and this kind of, brought it back for me a little bit, kind of slowed it down. But I mean, it was overall, I liked the character stuff this episode. I liked, uh, like some of the dialogue and, you know, it was overall positive. I just thought it kind of maybe, you know, hamstring the momentum they have been working on so far this, uh, you know, this season.
5: What I, what I really respect about it is that it gives the saviors, not Negan, but like the saviors in general, something that gives me an idea of who they are and what they can do. Like, I think one of the biggest problems with them as a villain is that they're just so, <laughs> it's, a, it's an abstract sense of evil that kind of warps and shapes depending on what the show needs from them. So sometimes they're super confident and they can be whistling in the woods and trap Rick at a moment's notice. And other times they're completely unaware and oblivious of everything going on around them. They could get, you know, get killed right away. So it's like, this is like, okay, I get an idea of what the leadership structure is. I see the kind of inner inner turmoil between them when negan's not around like it it's a little bit that goes a long way in making me respect this as an actual credible threat so it's like i get it more, right which is something that's been lacking so it's like this finally just like a few scenes here that give me some perspective on who these saviors are
2: the other thing with this episode this week is um i think it could have easily become a little boring because it was a lot of just that you know talking back and forth not a lot of exciting scenes and all that but i think at least the first four episodes of the season with as much action as we had the overflow of it that you weren't really missing a lot of the action in this episode and it was nice to have a little bit of these character pieces and and definitely as aaron was talking about more background on just what in the hell negan's about what this whole savior's thing is about how they came about all of that
1: I mean, I agree. It, it makes Negan more of a human, a lot of these scenes. And, and I guess and that was some of the complaints I had with him last season was just right. he's so over the top. He's just so, you know, leaning back with the bat and uh, all uh, right. just bloviating all over the place where we saw a piece of this when he was with Carl and he had that little dialogue, that one on one with Carl a little bit. You know, we we saw a piece of it, but it wasn't enough. And now this dialogue he had with Father Gabriel, it really kind of humanizes him a bit. You see, you see a little bit more of his motivations, and you know he feels completely justified in everything he's done, and he he really feels like he's creating. He even said it, an economy. He's creating the new world order, in in what he thinks is the, is the only way that it can be done. You know, I mean, Rick has different ideas, obviously, about how that's supposed to be done, and you know, and if you think about it, though, I mean, now, now it really made me think back. Like, he only killed a few of our people compared to how many people, how many saviors we, you know, Rick's group is technically slaughtered. If you take the kingdom slaughter out I mean, of it, you know what I mean? Like,
5: he, I mean, but I mean, that's like saying like. That this is an extreme comparison, but it's like saying, "Well, Hitler wasn't doing the killing; he just ordered him, people do the killing." I mean, this—he's <laughs> well, still—he's still at the top of the pile with the wives, and we, I mean, we don't know about the what the Oceanside people and how they killed all the men. Over true, the, like true. The, these are all things that are caused by him like it's it's his leadership
1: that's di- dictating this world order which has a lot of blemishes on the record <laughs> true mean, and, but in his mind though he feels like he tries to keep it to a minimum like a measured response not over the sure. top yeah and he uh-huh. feels that if he like he even said it, he even spelled it out in that opening scene he killed the right person just one one person at the right time you could it could have an amazing effect as opposed to just mass slaughter he didn't like when when uh, simon you know, suggested that, and, and it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, they're trying to humanize him a bit. I did like it, though. I think he pulled it off really well. I yeah. didn't think, honestly, Jeffrey Dean, I mean, I know he's has great acting chops. Don't get me wrong, but he was just playing it so over the top last season for him to just relax a bit and just kind of chill out with Father Gabe in that, in that room. Again, it made him more human, and to me, that gave him more depth. So I, I liked that whole part of it. Uh, really, and then to see the structure of the, of the sanctuary as well a little bit more. Even though, again, we tried this last season. We had complete episodes with Dwight. You know, they could have went into this a little bit more even last season. I guess they just didn't. You know, they were focusing more mm-hmm. on him. But... Right. Well, it's on him
5: and Daryl at that time. At that time. So, like, yeah, right. They were taking certain routes with it, which for me, at least, had its had its issues. With Negan, what you're saying, I agree with Craig. And, and, and I think what helps is it's not that Jeffrey D. Morgan's like dialing back the kind of Neganisms, um, or what have you. Like it, he's still playing the kind of, he's playing up that persona with Gabriel. But it's just whatever's going on with the direction or the writing. It just felt much better this week. Yeah, yeah was like, it, it was in better
2: context.
4: I yeah,
1: I, yeah. There you go. That's a good re- way to say. it. Yeah, because if you remember, even if you go back a little bit with him and Sasha, like you know, he was kind of doing some one-on-one dialoguing with her. He respected her, even though she tried to kill him again. But you know, he likes that. It does, that doesn't bother him when these people try to come after him. Like that doesn't phase him. But he still was kind of doing that over the top thing, and then eh, you know, if you and you know, just I don't know. Like he was just very mellow, and I I, I like mellow Negan a little bit better. I guess son I of well,
2: I'm I also think he simply he has a death wish. I think Negan wants to die, but he himself is going to fight against it. You know, almost like some of those warriors that want to have the honorable death or whatever. Mm. I just because I think I, just from the his the way he, his he expounded about his wife and all that other stuff, I think that he has huge regret and and carrying a lot of survivor guilt, mm. but he's stubborn enough that he's just not going to die easily, but he does want to die. I, I just get that feeling.
5: Well, it helps that he was paired with Father Gabriel, which I know we were all more or less like, huh? This is the pairing we're going to get, but now with this episode, and, you, and both between him and Gabriel, I think there's enough uh, with Negan being in that position, where he doesn't need to be, you know, a giant asshole because there's only one person in front of him. He can still be that asshole, but he can also relate to, you know, a man of faith who he can actually confess things to. He can actually... do. De- and the fact that Gabriel's challenging him on these points, like, it makes for compelling drama, which is really what I want from this show. And right. so that's, that's what I, this actually delivers.
0: Am I the only one who feels like Gabriel's only a priest when it's convenient for him? Yes. Okay, thanks. I thought it yeah. might have just been... Well, because mm-hmm. I was
2: going to bring up, too, is... And, and again, you know, maybe I just don't understand all of the Judeo-Christian spectrum of religions, but I thought that that was a Catholic thing, confession. Well, confession i want to take confession and all that. Well, um, I think he's and Episcopalian,
1: is, and that's, like, catholic light, as far as I know.
2: Oh, okay, because I just thought from being in the country church out in Georgia and whatnot that it was, like, a Baptist kind of thing. No, it was like,
1: Episcopalian, so it's, like, it's like almost Catholic, but just the diet version, the you know, the... the the Protestant version of Catholic, they still do confession and that kind of stuff. So it's
2: just just half the guilt,
1: <laughs> all the flavor, half the guilt. Yes, that's uh, that's Episcopalian right there. He, he is up. from
5: he is from Saint Sarah's Episcopal Church. I'm reading uh, it now on the yeah. uh, the,
1: the Walking Wiki. Uh. So I I, I I think actually I, they can I, get I, married too. I think that's the other part of it. They're allowed to. Their priests are allowed to marry. That's the other like part. I think. Don't hold me to that. I think that's the only the other. You know protestant thing that they do otherwise well, it's if we have any of our listeners
0: like, that could uh, you know fill us in on that that'd be great
1: yeah i'm not speaking from personal experience but that's kind of what i know
2: so, so. basically their priests could get married rather than diddle children
1: well, well, that's, you know, that's... Oh. <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> Chubb. What there. about subtlety? We
2: talked Hey! Yeah, we to... <laughs> don't hide the truth. Put a spotlight on it. That's all I'm saying. Oh,
3: God. Just, 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 Dial just, to, it down. just,
5: just to add to Gabriel, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily it's when it's convenient. It's more the show doesn't give him much to do very often. No. So it's like no, an episode that's it. actually focused on him. Well, yeah, it's going to bring up the thing that we know about him, which is that he's a man of faith that has had some controversial dealings in the past as far as how he reacted to things and what his path of redemption and searching of purpose has given him mm-hmm. now, which is why he's more entertaining, at least. I wouldn't say Gabriel's my favorite character on the show, but he's certainly he's better than when he started three seasons ago.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It
5: oh, adds yeah.
3: to it. I think it. Yeah, I think it, the way he is now and the way he was, it kind of adds to that. Like He does have a lot of things to atone for. Um, and he has to deal with that. So I I think that adds some layers to him. But it is a but this world, I mean, the world you're in, I mean, what are you it's it's like what can you do? I don't I don't know if you could just yeah. be that one, you know, the priest only. I mean, you you gotta be a soldier, you gotta be a priest, I mean you gotta you know, sometimes you gotta you got to do things that you don't really like to do. It's just that he really went the extreme, you know.
2: Got to be Father Mulcahy by locking up Father his, Mulcahy. you know,
3: <laughs> locking up your parishioners. I mean, and, and letting them die. I mean, that's the extreme of cowardice and and selfishness. But
2: well, I'm, to show, yeah, to show how far his character has come, at least in my eyes, is had had he suddenly gotten bitten or whatever and got sick. Shortly after we met him, I would have been like, "eh, who cares? Good, glad he's gone." Now I actually had the, "oh, please don't tell me he he got bit," you know, when when they opened mm-hmm. that when he so so that's the big, big difference to me is I actually somewhat care about this character now. Yeah,
3: I know he's a dead man. Anyway, I mean, eventually yeah. I know he's going to be a dead man, but I mean, I'm not ready for him to go yet. So. Right.
1: Let's hope he goes out in a blaze of glory. All right. So let's jump into the recap. Again, uh, written by Brandon Davis from comicbook.com. Um, and we'll jump right into it. So it says, over a black screen, Father Gabriel prays. He says he expects to die and is expressing his gratitude for redemption, requesting a death which is not as fruitless. And again, this is definitely a flashback. He's in the church, I believe, at Alexandria. Um, you know, so just kind of you know remembering or praying. We don't know exactly when it is, but obviously it's before the big battle. I assume it's right before another big speech that someone's about to give. <laughs> and then we go to a cool scene, which I know, Aaron, you're going to love this one because you love anytime Simon and Gregory are together, right? So, oh yeah. <laughs> so so uh, Simon knocks on the Gregory's door. He's obviously at the sanctuary now, and he's again, this is a flashback to pretty much right before the the battle uh, from the episode one of this season. And he he knocks on the door and goes, "Wakey, wakey, eggs and pancakey." <laughs> he's like he he goes these cakes are made from scratch from yours truly he goes from genuine hilltop sorghum sorghum so uh he's uh just he, he made some effort to give gregory a nice breakfast this morning he made it with love and he's almost yeah, my yeah. i, I my, my
5: my face was certainly smiling bright when i saw simon walk in I'm like oh, up here
1: this is a good scene already like, that's all i needed that cheshire cat smile he look at that big toothy smile come on Iggy, wake, wakey wakey and the dialogue basically files a bit where he's trying to almost steer uh, Gregory into a story almost. Like he's trying to just verify the the timeline before he puts him before Negan. He's trying to just say, you know, all right, so you you went there, right? You went to the satellite outpost, right? And you came to see me, right? And you came to tell me what was going on, right? You didn't know about what was happening until whatever, right? So he kind of just was steering him into the story, which he needed him to tell Negan. I guess Simon has an affection for Gregory. At least he feels that Gregory is malleable enough and can be controlled um, by him.
2: Well, Uh, and and the important thing here is, you know, because now Gregory is back at the hilltop and with the war being on, Simon's not going to be visiting there. So this was just able to give us... The whole Gregory and Simon interaction in an episode where we probably wouldn't have got it, and that was the best part of the whole thing because those two sharing the screen is awesome.
0: It's yeah. good as, mu- as much as uh, as highly as Aaron feel uh, thinks of Xander Berkeley, I think just as highly of Stephen Ogg. So yeah, this he's is a treat great. for me too. I I agree, Jim. I do. I think he's also uh, I, quite I just, good too. Yeah. Just, he's, one, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite character actors. Yeah. You know? it's it's nice
5: to see him on here and it's nice to see and he gets a lot to do this episode in general too i and it's neat because i this scene is almost disposable because you really know what's going on here but it's because it's because of simon actually that becomes essential based off where things go in the future because you see how much he's invested in gregory so when things go to hell he's you know he's worried for himself for one thing like he doesn't know what negan's going to do to him he let this guy in and he trusted him and like right. he's part of the issue that's going on now so now he has to like cover his own ass
1: as well also being you know being negan since everybody's negan
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so later on we see gregory sitting at the board table with uh, the saviors and negan uh, he thanks them for listening to him and, he, and he's very nervous. You can see he's the only one with a glass of water at the table and he's keeps clearing his throat. He's very nervous. I mean, he does, he's very intimidated by Negan, which I guess it's hard not to be, right? He's sitting there with the baseball bat at the other end of the table. Uh, he understands how hard it is to manage people in this environment and the big scary you try to make a joke. And it's funny how I don't know if you guys caught this, but the director is like, as soon as he said that. The looks on the other people's faces were like, "Oh my god, this is going to be a long meeting, and I don't even want to be here right now." Like the, their <laughs> their faces just dropped when when he dropped that stupid joke. It was like <laughs> he explains it as the big unknown. Negan tells Gregory uh, that he likes killing people because he you know, Greg said he didn't at first, but uh, he says he likes killing people, but the right people at the right time makes things fall into place. He says, "You kill one, and you could be saving hundreds more." He goes, "We save people." And Gregory's like, "Oh, that's 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 why you were called the saviors." <laughs> and then Negan's like, and Negan actually like pointed to his nose. He's like, "Yep, you got it." Like <laughs> that's <is> great. <laughs> like you got it on the nose right there. <laughs> so Dwight gets up to leave for a cigarette, and this is interesting because I guess this is where, I mean, I guess we can take a moment for speculation, but I guess the um, the workers were armed. At this point, is this where he leaves to go arm them? I'm assuming. I mean, he already had the communication with with Daryl the previous day. Right. With the arrow Um, and the the bolt and the that where it said tomorrow. So that was obviously yesterday in this time frame. Right. Do you think he leaves to go?
2: Yeah. That whole tomorrow was the last four episodes we've watched
1: for this one. Right. So it's like he's now leaving to... Because we saw the little ink stain on the bottom of the bag, right, from his toy soldiers or whatever, his wooden soldiers. So is is this where he goes to arm the people? He gives guns to the people? I mean, is that what you're thinking? Or?
2: Yeah. And and maybe I missed something. This is what why was, I hate
5: the time shifting, because it makes yeah. it
2: so
1: unnecessarily what, confusing. What was
2: the whole thing with the paints? I, I guess I missed something.
1: Well, well. As we that's saw, coming up. Uh, yeah, that's coming up. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Negan questions it, but you know he's like, "Look, man, I don't, I don't need to be here. You need me to do something? I'll do it. I don't need to listen to this." And Negan's like, "Okay, just go." Like he didn't even care at that point. Um, so Dwight was obviously doing something. We just don't know exactly what, but I think he was arming his people. Gregory continues describing the conflict and claiming he can stop it before it gets started. He says, I'll kick, I'll I'll exile these people, get them out of the hilltop. And he's like, Negan's like, can you exile people? Are you still the guy? And Gregory's like, of course I'm the guy. Hilltop is my house. He's still the guy. Uh, He goes, I built that place and I let a fox into the hen house or whatever. And, uh, you know, Gregory says, uh, she and her people took advantage of my generous nature. I see that now and I will fix it. Well, this is Yeah, this is after like Simon...
5: Simon comes up because he's all nervous and Simon's like right. Gregory, I believe you. Right. Make Negan believe you. And that's when he like Gregory like kind of like you know takes a breath and then like starts talking like like a politician, like a guy in charge. And he, a a and he thin, it, like, thin like,
1: dick politician, right? That's according to Negan. Well yes. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, yes. But
5: like but like he he like it's why i like Senator Berkeley so much cuz he like he takes he's doing it one way and then like does it a completely different way and it like it fits who he is it fits the <laughs> character and negan knows it too like negan sees the acting in front of him as far as who this guy is how he's you know he's he's uh what is it he? he's he's a um, yojimbo he's right in between both sides like that's what he is, what he's doing
1: yeah and this is where simon also suggests you know, because he asks what we should do. And Simon's like, well, I think we should do, do it his way. Let's play Gregory's way. We can go in there with a show of force. We'll back Gregory up with a bunch of saviors. And, you know, he's the man in charge. And and if you go on this crusade, you're all kicked out of the hilltop. Um, but Negan doesn't like... And, and, of course, plan B would be if they don't go along, they kill everybody at the hilltop as a, as a symbol to the other communities. And this is where Negan gets really pissed. And he stands up and he starts beating the table down with the bat, and he goes, you know, people are a resource. He goes, money on the table. Uh, people are the foundation of what we're doing here. And then he questions Simon if he remembers who they are and who's in charge. Like, and, and he also says, are we backsliding here? You know, just tell me we're not backsliding. So that was an interesting little glimpse into maybe Simon's past with Negan a bit. I like the Simon side of it. I did this is where I like I didn't like Jeffrey Dean Morgan stuff in
5: it. I was like, "Okay, here we go. Like this is exactly what I don't like." So it's amazing that the episode makes it up to me
1: by later. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> so after that whole speech and then he questions Simon, finally we hear four gunshots from outside. This is exactly where we began four episodes ago, uh, five episodes ago at this point, point. and this is where uh, Rick's group pulls up. And this is actually to me hilarious. Because it's, um, you know, he, he, Conigo's like just peeking out the window. He goes, Oh, they got some hillbilly armor. Forget about the guns. Let's just go outside and talk to him. And then, <laughs> and again, this is like uh, where he walks out. He goes, Excuse me, I was just in a meeting. It's like, it, it all fits together right there. You know, it's, it's kind of funny how that all worked out. It's good. Yeah, yeah it was pretty it's good. good. And I like the, also, whether you see the shot of all the saviors walking out into, you know, the face Rick's gang and it's funny you can see one of them uh what is his name um oh i remember his name gavin not gavin is his name whatever his name is he goes oh when he walks out and then eugene looks like he's ready to you know he's he's afraid as well eugene probably gets the award for best face acting this episode (laughs) like yeah when nico was beating the table his face was just like oh my god like he even pulled his arms back a little bit He, he was in that crouch position that that he, he gets a lot to do in these table scenes when
5: everyone's talking around him. He's not—he's not saying much until until Regina starts talking about a plan. Then he's like, you know, doing his Eugene thing. But before that, he's just like—he's all eyebrows and facial ticks
1: and all kinds of things. Great. I love how he's elevated to the to the to the main committee, though. I love that he's on the executive committee now. Like that's—it's that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, well, dark yeah, Eugene. He's, yeah,
0: he's Mister Smarty Pants. Of course he is. <laughs> he's the—he's the
1: secretary of. Uh, of uh state over there. That's, that's exactly, it. exactly. Uh one says, uh your friend and then this is where we cut back to uh Negan sitting in the trailer with um with Father Gabriel and you can see it's been quiet for a while. And uh this is actually and this is after he jumped on him pretty much, right too. I think this is he kinda of glossed over this a little bit, but you know, Negan basically jumped on Gabriel and disarmed him very quickly when he first got into the trailer and took away his gun, his knife, his rifle and but didn't really hurt him. It actually extended a hand to pull him back up. Like, didn't didn't mean to hurt him, even though he just came there to kill him. And then he, uh, finally, Negan's contemplating, your friend Rick is an asshole. But Father Gabriel says, no, you're an asshole. <laughs> he's like, well, <laughs> yes, I am. But he's going to get people killed, meaning Rick. And he's like, yeah, by you. And then this is where he goes on, Negan says, to justify his... You know, his violence. He goes, I killed the widow's husband and the ginger, but I didn't get them killed. That was your boy, Rick. Big difference. And, and then he says, you know, I saw you stop for that Gregory idiot. I saw the whole thing. He goes, why would you Why would you stop for that bearded prick and try to help him? And Gabriel reveals that, you know, he, look, I, I fear a fruitless death. I want my death to have meaning. And he's like, well, if you think saving that guy is the meaning, that's definitely not what it is. And he goes, you know what? I think it's, I'm actually here. I think the meaning is, I'm here to take your confession. And that's where we go to the credits. And actually, it was a long, cold open. It was yes, about 10 50, minutes. It's 15 minutes. It's 15 minutes? Okay. Yeah, because I was like, this is long. What's going on? And it was like, yeah, it was 15 minutes. But this was good. I, I liked it. I mean, it was, it was a good opening right there. On the roadside, Daryl and Rick go after the savior they kicked out of the truck. He's dying. And he says, everyone's dead, he tells Daryl. Um, but he does say that Jerry... Ezekiel and Carol killed everyone. Obviously not by name. He goes by the king. He goes... The, 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 the big guy, guy with the axe. axe. Right. And then the crazy woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy <laughs> woman. That's all they need to say, really. You pretty much know who he's, he's describing, pretty much. As a result, uh, he promises everyone in Rick's group is going to die before he dies himself. Yeah. Back in the trailer, Negan and Gabriel continue their conversation. Negan insists they wait it out. He goes, uh, I don't have... I don't have shit to confess. Except for the fact... Uh, that I rub one out right where you're sitting just to calm down a bit. <laughs> i like, <laughs> <God. laughs> like, oh my Jesus. Uh And then he asks him, why did you become a priest? He asks Gabriel. And he says, I love God. I love people. He said, I wanted to bring them together. And Negan says, I like to help people too, through their weaknesses as well. I used to do that a lot. Been doing it one way or another my whole life. Uh, and he goes, you want to know why people are going to start dying in there? Because I'm not there to stop it. And Negan begins whistling as the walker presence intensifies. Back in the meeting room, the savior lieutenants discuss their course of action. Uh, Eugene calls Regina's plans inadequate and would cost workers their lives. This <laughs> was actually pretty good. Regina wants to sacrifice them as a distraction, but Eugene insists that they're valuable. And Dwight actually takes Eugene's side on this one. Gavin then turns his attention uh, to who the savior mole has to be. And actually he was pretty astute of Gavin. He's like, You're right. Why are they attack now? We're not usually all in this room together. Why you know, why did this happen right now? So obviously you know there's a mole somewhere. This is like this is like good stuff. Like I like all this
5: kind of boardroom <laughs> stuff. Like it seems like I, I can I could see it being boring to some people. I, I dig it. I was digging the whole like Cause they're not like the smartest people, but at the same time, they have to have some sense of how things are playing out. It's like, this isn't, I don't see this kind of scene often on the walking dead. It's like (laughs) a group together, piecing out some kind of mystery. It's like, yeah, all right, I'm with this. I want to
1: see where this goes. No, usually it's just Rick, you know, figuring out by himself and saying, we're going to go and kill them all.
5: No, usually it's like a bunch of people that are like, we have this idea. And Rick's like, well, I'm saying this. And if
1: you don't (laughs) like it, I'm going to shoot you in the face with my python. (laughs) So
5: it's like, that's a nice change
1: of pace. So Dwight turns the conversation to everyone uh, needing to get out. Basically, he says, look, you know, stop fighting with each other. We need to get out there and and clear a path. He goes, I'll do it. I'll be the guy. And uh, also Simon agrees with Dwight and promises they will kill whoever the mole is slowly, over a few days, with everyone looking at this point at Eugene. Like they think it's him at this point, but they don't know. Eugene enters Dwight's room with a jar of cucumbers, I guess pickles. Uh, he expresses thanks for Dwight's support in the meeting. He tells Dwight that they'll get out of this pickle together, and pun intended, by the way. Eugene sits at a chess set and touches a piece of Dwight's uh, toy soldiers, or I guess his toy chess pieces. But Dwight tells him to be careful because it's still wet, and they, he got some red paint on his thumb from touching that 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 wooden piece. Um, Eugene leaves, thanking Dwight again. He thinks there's some kind of alliance between Dwight and Eugene. Dwight's not too sure how to trust this guy yet, but he's, you know, they're, they're playing it cool.
5: It's, it's being played real cool, and it'll develop later, and I know, Chubb, you have some questions about this, but, like, I like that yeah. This uh, it's such a tricky alliance at the foreman because Eugene do, at this point doesn't quite know what Dwight knows. but we we also as the audience don't quite know what Eugene's overall plan. I know you guys are some of you have assumed that he's just on the dark side for good, but I, i've I like that there's some
2: ambiguity as how far his alliances go. I he's think, on whatever side will keep him safe at the moment
5: I mean, I I mean, that's yeah. for, for basic survival, sure, but I, I i it's hard for me to say if he's. If he's not just biding his time, because we can go live.
3: for sure, sh- it's not a sure thing that he won't help them if the chance comes up, yeah. the opportunity comes up. Because he can't. What is? I mean, there's no opportunity right now because he can't fight. He's not a fighter. That's not what he's, he doesn't. He hasn't been in. He hasn't been in a situation where he can do something right then and there that would help them win and him not be killed right away.
0: Mm-hmm. And if and if he's and Rick's gonna have to compete for Eugene's affections, he's gonna have to at least get him a Super Nintendo, <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. or at that, least an eight-bit. Exactly. Even a Nintendo's a step up from where he is now, right? No do doubt,
0: it. no doubt. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he really don't wants to the sweeten the deal. If you really want, Oh, I'm not. but I'm just saying. If he wants to sweeten the deal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or his wasn't in television, wasn't it? It wasn't in
0: television. Same
2: difference, yeah. So yeah, I remember him getting the red paint on his thumb, and I even remember at the end him looking at it and obviously realizing something. But I guess I just missed where two and two got put together. Yeah,
1: it was on the bag. We'll get to that. It was it was a it was a little stamp on the bag. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get oh, to okay. that. Yeah. So back in the trailer, Negan and Dwight continue to uh, Negan and Dwight. Negan and and see this is this is where this is where these recaps get interesting. <laughs> Negan and Gabriel continue to sit together. Gabriel asked Negan uh, who he helped before the apocalypse, and he said, kids. He goes, if you don't show them the way, they turn out like garbage. Little assholes always, become great big assholes, so you show them the way. Adults, went, they needed to. Yeah. When, um, when when T-Dog was driving that bus, Negan was the, cro- the street crossing guard that was in the way to help them cross the road during the day going to school. Can you imagine that? He goes, the government, laws, religion, guilt. He goes, people are weak. And then uh, Walker suddenly burst through the wall. <laughs> well, the hand, anyway, at least the That's water. a nice. That's a yeah. nice comic book moment of like, let me emphasize this by way of comic book logic. A walker bursts in. <laughs> <laughs> it puts the little, little exclamation point on the scene. Mm-hmm. Negan goes on about being weak, uh, but also about being strong. He claims everyone is a mix. He goes, I took this place and it was a damn free for all. So now we're hearing a little bit about pre-Negan savior, like what was actually happening with this group before he got there and uh, he says a confederation of assholes, an army made up of gangs and animals the last guy that was in charge, he wasn't in charge of shit, he allowed people to be weak he, uh, Negan says I don't, I make them strong, which makes this world strong uh, you're gonna see Gabby he says I'm gonna make my, or Gabby he says says, Gabby, yeah. I'm gonna make you my special project he's <laughs> gonna convert Ga- Ga- Father Gabriel Gabriel, uh, Father Gabriel insists he is strong. He says, I was at the satellite station. And then and Negan's like, oh, yeah? You killed people in their sleep, huh? You're swinging your dick around or something like that, he says. Killing people in your sleep. T- tell me how you're weak, Gabriel responds. We might be dead soon. He goes, you might be dead. Wouldn't you want to confess? Again, he's still trying to elicit that confession from uh, from Negan. And Negan's like, I haven't killed anyone that didn't need it. Gabriel questions him about the workers and the wives. You know, just, you know again, questioning his morality. Uh, Negan calls the workers an economy and insists that every one of those ladies made the choice, which is something we've argued back and forth on this show a few times, actually, about the whole morality of him having multiple wives and whether they choose to be his wives or does he force them to be. I mean, it's definitely coercion, but it's, again, in his mind, it's just showing you how he justifies all this stuff.
3: Well, you're not good. I mean, the best villains are ones you of course we all know this the best villains are ones that don't think they are. I mean, and you see how weak the we 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 will see how weak they are without him there. To kind of in his mind I can see him justifying if I'm not there, people just everything just goes to shit. Um because of how weak they were. I mean, you know, like he, he comes in the room they treat him like a messiah. So I mean, it's wrong, and it and everything he's doing is wrong, and it is. I think it's still rape. And
5: I think that we should way. under we should we should underline all of this. It is wrong, and I do consider it to be rape. Right. And I think especially in light of. The very public things going on all over the country right now, as far as who's a sexual predator and who's not, this further emphasizes how wrong Negan is. I mean, these are these, are, these aren't good things that he's doing. No, for no, these no, people, no, 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 right? of course
1: not. Of course not. I mean, it's more of a quid pro quo thing. Not that, not that it makes it any better, but it's like right. in like, this way, yes. You know, but I'll then, give you, but I'll can... give you and your family safety. You give me mm-hmm. yourself. Like that's kind of right. it's this but for I, that, right? It's
3: but I do see, but but I think this episode did a good job of showing you live like this long enough. You could tell your, your own conscience, no, oh, this is not that, you know, this is good for them. This is, you know, I'm keeping people alive. You know, all the he's saying, I'm keeping them alive. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I mean, he could justify it by the way things are, you know, right now at the, at, at the, uh, at the place, but it's, it is all it is still that though i mean it is still all those evil things that we're thinking
1: so gabriel asks if negan had a wife before all this and negan holds lucille and says lucille give me strength but this is where it gets interesting he kind of you have to tell me what happened here guys cuz it happened really quick gabriel goes really close to him takes his handgun out of his waistband out of negan's waistband does he try to shoot him? I mean, or did the gun go off by mistake? Like, I don't even know what what happened there. What, what do you guys think? Did he actually he, try he, to take out Negan? I mean, is that what he just tried to do? Or
5: he t- he takes the gun and I th- I believe he does try to shoot him. Negan's quick enough to kind of push him to the side or whatever he does to kind of delay the delay himself getting shot. And then Gabriel, not wanting to like get punched back and taking the gun away again and Negan kill him, he re- he retreats to the back room.
1: See, I think it's a little, I, I don't know. I mean, I watched it a couple of times. It was really dark. I mean, it was really hard to see. It's know, a dark Yes. Yeah. Movie. I, guess. yeah. I, think, I think... Okay, go ahead, Chubb. No, uh, go ahead.
2: No, I think what it is is, you know, after the 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 war started, us on here were complaining about... They were standing out on that porch. All they had to do was shoot him right then and everything, so as to not have more complaints from the Walking Dead TV podcast. They gave us that Gabriel tried to shoot him, but just was incompetent or couldn't do it. So then that way we don't have that to complain about. That's my guess.
1: See that would I mean, that would make sense if he wasn't trying to take his confession. Like I think, he,
5: well no, he was trying. He's trying to get him to be vulnerable. He's trying to let let his guard down. Like it, by by having him talk and extol and everything, Negan can he just he's not worried about if Gabriel's going to try to kill. Him. He's not expecting it, or he, at least he's think he's, he thinks he's not expecting it. And so he gets close enough, been talking and everything, and then he grabs the gun. Of course, if you have a gun on you and someone grabs it from you, you're going to feel that. So Gabriel has to be quick about it. But Negan's also quick, so it's like he didn't get mm-hmm. to get the shot off, but he still had the attempt yeah. made. So but you all, you all think he, him, he had the attempt. Yeah, yeah. You
1: guys all think he attempted yeah. to kill him. Okay. I
5: think it's an attempt, but it's still, like, it's it's both dark and a clumsy shot yeah. scene. So it just doesn't right. register as right. clearly as it does. Because I
1: kind of want to think almost that he didn't, he just wanted to get the gun back. Like, he didn't want to take out Negan just at that moment, but he wanted to get some level of at least equaling the odds. Or Well, something he wanted like
3: control. I think he at least wanted control of the situation. He had none prior yeah. to that.
1: I mean, even if he didn't
5: want to kill him, he was he was trying to at least like wound him or get him to you know, just be down so mm. he wouldn't have to he wouldn't have to worry about Negan. Like you know because he 'cause he doesn't know what Negan's gonna do. He doesn't know what the exact plan nope. is that Negan has for him. He's gonna punch him in the face, that's what he's gonna do in and, a few minutes. And right then yeah. Negan even says like, <laughs> Well, you took your shot,
1: Padre, or whatever. So it's like he, he, he knows what he's trying to do. Like, <laughs> the guy cannot be hit. Daryl explores uh, the crash truck. Gas is leaking from it, or diesel. He tries to gather the guns and ammo with Rick's help. They find explosives inside, and Daryl says that they're, um, with there being no kingdom anymore, they should use these bombs to burst open what's left of the sanctuary gates and just blow them wide open, so more walkers can come in and just it, you know eradicate the whole whoever's in there. Rick, however, vouches for the workers and families inside, saying, "Look, they're basically innocents. So we don't really, you know, we shouldn't. We should try to save them if any, you know, if we can." Daryl wants to blow open the south side Rick still claims those people may not make it out if the saviors don't surrender everyone will fight them he's trying to I guess Rick has a point there you know if they do at least make an attempt to save these worker bee people maybe they'll be loyal to Rick after they you know if he wins the war here whereas if he tries to kill everybody that would make him pretty much a villain you know what do you guys think about that was Rick making sense or was he just being soft
2: I could have really done without this entire sequence I, I completely agree just, it just felt forced. Me like, too. Like, we gotta have Rick and Daryl in the episode, and you know what? We need some drama. And I'm just, I don't know. It just felt really, I don't know. It just wasn't
5: It, bro- it broke. Up, it broke up the vibe of the episode, I think, by having two scenes of, well, having Savior stuff and having Negan stuff where they're in these, like, claustrophobic spaces and you're getting a lot of good drama. And it's an extended episode. Like, it's an hour and, like, 13 minutes, or at least with commercials. Mm-hmm. Well. So it's, like, what, an hour? Um, it's... It's a longer episode. It's like, if you took all this stuff out, it just becomes a regular episode again, and I get to lose these silly, honestly, silly scenes. Like, yeah, I completely agree.
3: And (laughs) it compounds the problem of we already had this argument, like, yes, yes. Prior to, Mm -hmm. so it's like, really, are we having this argument again? Yeah. It's too, yeah, it was just too much. They didn't need to do this again.
2: Well, not to mention, in the past, there have been times that Daryl has disagreed with Rick. On things before but and and given his counsel, if you will, on it, but ultimately he goes with what Rick is going with True. because he's he believes in Rick. now all of a sudden we're saying he doesn't believe in Rick
1: well, I think I, and I was thinking about that too. I think his experience being tortured he he you know, he has an axe to grind with these saviors. I think it's, it's I, Bigger than the Rick's relationship with him.
5: I, I agree with that. And I, I, I'll i be curious to see whatever Daryl's arc is going to be, especially because this show could for all the love that this show has for Norman Reedus, they don't use him that much. Like so it's like, and I get less is more sometimes, but at the same time, this character can use some development. And they gave, you know, they gave us that one spotlight episode last year on Easy Street and everything, but it's like we could use some more of what's going on with Daryl beyond just some kind of surface emotion. It'd be it'd be nice to see. So like if if they're planting seeds now, fine. But as you know, as far as placement in the episode, it's just kind of silly. I mean, yeah. I like the chokehold line, but it's like we don't really need all this.
1: So Daryl's gonna head off with the bombs on his own, but Rick tries to stop him. Daryl fights back. They get into a little scuffle. Um, Rick tries to stop him, punches him in the face. And this is where the fight begins. And actually, we go to commercial at this point And I'm like, wow, this is actually, this is, after, right at this scene, I'm like, this is turning into a really good episode. Like, I, we're seeing some really good stuff with Negan, Daryl, and, and Rick are fighting. And I didn't mind this stuff. This didn't bother me being inserted in here. I'm like, okay, this is, I said it out loud, but like, this is actually a pretty good episode. But before we get any further, there was a very special commercial break at this point. <laughs> and uh, Aaron, it's really up to you to tell us what happened, because it was, it was actually pretty of a sad one, actually, an installment of Hashtag Red Machete, brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss. Hashtag yeah. Live Moss.
5: Yeah, th- this episode of The Walking Dead presents Red Machete, sorry, Hashtag Red Machete, presented by Taco Bell, Hashtag Live Moss, it, it does feature <laughs> Interesting stuff going on. It's, it's a it's, sad one, man. It really
1: was. It's it was, it a good wrencher. One. Yeah.
5: So because it's new to me now, because now we we've gone past the first like chunk, and I didn't go online to watch like the whole thing in sequence like I did the last time. So I'm un- I'm unsullied on what's going to come next from this. But yeah, we get some we get further tales of the of the character known as Papa, um, and the the woman that's with him. They're still like fighting off zombies. We see one zombie get captured by a net, um, which is kind of neat. Then they're tying him up and the we get lots of cuts to the rope on the zombies being tied up like on the front porch and we see the rope constantly getting like you know kind of rubbed against the wall the wall and stuff it's like is it going to break or whatnot uh meanwhile the woman's setting up like a rope can security system so like they can hear if walkers are coming which is smart right. but then the rope is too much uh that that tied up that zombie the zombie breaks through and he bites the he bites papa papa gets bitten on the arm no not papa i, I know <laughs> An unprecedented
0: event in these characters. Exactly. An unprecedented
5: event in The Walking Dead presents hashtag machete presented by Talking about hashtag live boss Like it's a real, it's a real downer because he gets acceptable? bitten and the woman, the woman comes <laughs> back and she sees he's holding his arm. He's holding, he's holding his arm and he just gives her this look and he moves his hand and you see the bloody, the bloody bite mark and and then she looks at him and he looks back at her and she looks back at him and he looks back at her and she looks back at him and, he looks <laughs> back at her, and then you just cut to the next scene. Where it's the little girl, Alyssa, and Papa, their graves. They k- killed Papa, but it put Papa down. Oh, and That man. was the was chapter
0: of this killed... walking. This hashtag machete. Was we do we riot now? They kill Papa. Do we riot now? Or is that tomorrow? We,
1: we, we, we'll do it tomorrow, but I have a question. I have a question. Why didn't she use the machete to chop off his arm? Like, I didn't get it.
0: Like that's. That was, I, I mean, it was, must have been too long. Oh, happened, okay. Oh, I mean, more importantly, what happened to the machete? Well, she still has it. She's right, still branded okay. the yeah. machete. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, oh, man. Still, we got time. We got time. Well, as long, as that, as, long also, as that central character is still there, I mean, we're good, right? <laughs> it will be in Rick's hands soon enough, right? We
1: got, what, three, three, three more episodes to go for this uh, this half season, so, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: well,
2: also in the Walking Dead canon, we know that if you get to it quick enough, you can chop a limb off and stop it, but right. I don't think that that's general knowledge across yeah. Yeah. the apocalypse. So I don't uh, think anyway. everybody realizes that.
1: Not everyone's thinking that quickly. Right. <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't pull a Herschel on him. All right. So uh, thank you, Aaron, for your coverage of hashtag Red Machete, brought to you by Taco Bell, hashtag LiveMoss. It wouldn't be the same without it, and it's uh, definitely definitely keeping us going this season. That's, so- that's, that's what it's doing. <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we we cut back to Eugene. He's back in his little cabin, and he's got a nice little setup, man. He's got like a fan blown on him. He's got his pickles behind him. He's playing his Atari 2600. And uh, what game was that? Window air the way? conditioner? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. What was he playing? Boxing? Like Atari boxing or something like that? What was Activision? Uh, anyone call the game I he was playing? I okay. didn't
2: recognize that one. So it said
1: Activision I, at the bottom. So some kind of boxing game or whatever. But. Uh, yeah.
0: It was Activision Boxing.
1: Okay, there you go. That's what it was. Back when they
0: just named games like, you know, things like boxing. (laughs) Soccer, golf. Basketball.
1: Basketball. Pong. Pong. That's right. So um, then the power suddenly goes out, and you see the look on his face like, oh, this is not going to be a good day. Rick and Daryl's fight continues. Rick throws the bombs, but ends up in a chokehold. So he throws the bombs into the truck which then spontaneously catches fire because we saw the leaking fuel before right so okay yeah <laughs> the, the truck starts on fire <laughs> and rick says move and they both you know they both get up and run after he's in the chokehold and they and they explode and they get thrown a few feet and that's it that's it for the bombs and you see their faces like you don't even you just hear the bombs going off one by one and you see the look on their faces like oh boy we just we just ruined that <laughs> yeah it was yeah <laughs> It's stupid.
5: Yeah, I'm
4: stupid. I don't know. all on...
1: be said about that. No. <laughs> back on the road, Rick tries to start his truck, but it's no good. I mean, come on. That thing was, I mean, pelted by a 50 cal. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like his, his devotion to trying to start the car. Was, shut up.
4: <laughs> yeah, shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick. Sorry, Rick. That Jeep's not going anywhere. <laughs> so Daryl pulls up on his bike. I thought he was going to get on the back of Daryl's bike for a minute, but I guess they're still pissed at each other. And uh, so they got different
5: plans. I think, I think they're pissed off at each other because Rick has a plan, right? Rick,
1: Rick said there's a plan, and Daryl's like, We got to win. And then Rick's like, Okay, I'll just take it on foot. And Daryl's like, Uh, and then this is where they had the moment where he said chokeholds are illegal, and he goes, I know, you know, like it was, it's almost like they made up, even though they're not like shaking hands or anything, or like you know, high five each other. They're cool with each other, even at this point, they're still all right with each other. I mean, consider... I didn't get that. No, I got
2: I... when when Norman Reed when they split up here at the end I got the impression that he's like yeah do whatever you want I'm going off this way I I don't know I just got this sense that
5: yeah, I agree I did not I didn't get,
2: was still upset with Rick so I, yeah
5: I didn't get they like this they've patched things up I get the I get the more of a we will. We have to table this for later because
1: we can't really talk about things right now. I got things right. to do. You're pissed off at me. It like, felt like two siblings fighting, like two brothers actually fighting. Like, it's yeah. like it reminded know,
0: me. Actually, reminded me of like Daryl and Merle, right? You know, yeah, like kinda, yeah, where they the only way they bonded was by beating the crap out of each other, right? Know?
1: So back in the trailer, Negan explains how they will get inside using Lucille and each other. Uh, Negan grabs the walker that was uh, nearest to the door, pulls him inside, and starts to, he tells Gabriel. Gabriel's still hiding, by the way, in the other room, ever since he had that aborted assassination attempt, I guess. (laughs) He's armed with a gun. Mm. And, And again, you can hear Gabriel saying, I've killed before, but that's not my greatest sin, Gabriel says. And this is where he's actually confessing to Negan a little bit here. He goes, I locked my congregation out of my church when all this started. I listened to them die. Every day he works to lessen that failure and be of service and of purpose. And he goes, now I offer you the assurance of a pardon. Gabriel says, I will go with you. He wants to show Negan that working together is the best move, but he'll only do it if Negan confesses. And then Negan's like, what you did? That's some horrible, cowardly, spineless shit, Negan said. <laughs> but I guess that's what a confession's supposed to be. My first wife was a real wife, he says. So he starts to confess something here, again, through the wall. Uh, He goes, my first wife was a real wife, my only real wife, uh, till death do us part. It was before this, and he goes, I lied to her, uh, screwed around on her, she was sick, and then she went, but she went when it was during all this, and he says he he couldn't put her down. And this is how I was weak. Uh, He goes, this is what I'll confess, because, yeah, maybe we do bite the big one here. So that's as far as Neekin goes, as far as the confessions concerned.
3: Yeah, he doesn't think he's wrong. I mean, he, he totally doesn't think he's wrong in this situation.
1: And he, he felt something. Is. He felt bad that you could see his face. Like, he felt bad that he was screwing around on her. Like, he, he, he did but it he wrong. Only
3: feel, his only wrong that he feels, I mean, to be straight up, his only wrong that he feels is that he, didn't, he did bad things to her. But, I mean, in terms of all the stuff that's going on with the war, his brain. He's he, he's. I didn't do anything wrong.
1: Right. Right.
3: Like stuff was working fine until Rick's group came in and 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 killed all my men when they were sleeping. Like to him, Rick did the wrong. Like he was the he was the person that caused this whole thing to happen. I didn't want this.
1: From a certain point of view, I mean, that's yeah. right, right. That's the way you could see it that way. <laughs> I, that's what I was trying to say earlier. I'm like, I mean, I guess you know, you can almost you can almost follow his logic. You can almost see. Where he thinks he's not the bad guy, you know. I
0: mean, it's it's pretty obvious he's come through this like long chain of rationalizations to get where he is now, and he's just kind of like, you know, going off on those as he's talking to Gabriel and, and like confessing, you know, he's kind of justifying to himself as much as to Gabriel, you know. It seems.
1: So Gabriel then emerges from the little side room there and opens the door, and he says, "You're forgiven," and Negan then punches him in the face and says, "Thanks." (laughs) <laughs> I guess what was the punch for for trying to kill him I guess that was the uh, that yeah was, that principle. was the punch okay yeah. but I love how I mean this is one thing that's so cool Negan it's like three people that we've tried to kill him he just loves them all Like Carl tried to kill him he loves Carl Sasha tried to kill him no problem you know he respected her this guy Gabriel tried to kill him it's like it doesn't phase him like he's just <laughs> he's used to these murder attempts I guess and it's like he respects the people that go after him almost He likes
3: the. I mean, he likes. He likes people that have that fight, that fire. Like he doesn't like when they kiss his ass. Like yeah, I see what you're saying. It it, it irritates him. it it, it really irritates him. Craig,
5: you yourself you've said you've noted how in the past Negan likes Rick, like he is a huge Rick fan. He, right. He, he mm-hmm. may not be happy with the actions he's taken against him. Right. But he has a he has a smile on his face when Rick does weird shit to him. Hey Rick. As far as as far yeah. as challenge, yeah, as far as challenging his authority. You and screwed up with, this
1: time. <laughs> yeah, same,
5: same same with same with when Carl came after him, a little kid going after his men, like that that impressed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Sasha and how she handled things. Like Negan is he's a lot of things, but he's a big admirer people that have the kind of moxie that he has like that he is a big fan of that so it's it's not surprising to see him kind of be on the you know be be with gabriel be like okay i'm gonna save my new buddy here i'm still gonna treat him like shit, but i'm gonna save. You know,
4: me.
1: <laughs> so um negan rips apart the walker and explains he, he's kind of asking gabriel like uh is this how you do this I mean, i've seen it you know done before we'll do the gut job and and he's like i've done it before gabriel's like I mean, we've done it and he's like, he goes, you know, you realize these guts have been boiling around in the Virginia sun and, you know, these, these urine and, you know, feces and innards. And, and he's like, I know. He goes, don't worry. We're from Georgia. And Gabriel, <laughs> That's what Gabriel says. And, uh, and and Negan has some reply to that, but I, I didn't, it's not noted here. He's, I don't know what he said, but it was, it was some funny thing. Gabriel and Negan make a bunch of noise and let walkers enter the trailer until it's full and they can find a way out. And they're covered in guts at this point slowly the two maneuver through the crowd until Gabriel trips they work together i guess that when was he tripped i guess the the walkers must have noticed that they weren't walkers cuz the way they moved or whatever they work together saving one another time after time until they get to an edge where walkers fall on them
2: well here's the thing too is like and i don't i'm not sure about negan uh, i'd have to go back and look but Gabriel he covered his shirt and stuff but his whole head was clean and i'm like are, i was sitting there I it of like are they not smelling the fact that there's this fresh meat head walking around them bald
1: bald shiny yeah. head right there yeah well,
5: it's pretty the, funny i mean the guts are overwhelming i think is the i mean the same, they did the same thing in the episode guts they didn't put it on their face either they just put it all
2: well, over I, body. No, it the I, smocks
1: I guess, yeah they did the smock thing I,
2: get, I guess i'm thinking of of old man nick Oak man clothes, Nick, you know, with the, <laughs> he has to like put war paint out that's of the West guts on his face. that's West Coast oh. style. Yeah, that's West, West Coast oh. style. Yeah, East
1: Coast style. Yeah.
4: Oh,
2: I didn't realize the whole West East thing continued like, <laughs> into the apocalypse. Okay, right.
5: right. In, in the in, in the in, in the Midwest, they put it in their pants and shake it all around. It's really weird. <laughs> God. That's what that's what Jordan does.
1: <laughs> Jeez. In the meeting room, Gavin talks about how his packages never arrived. And I guess he means the guns that were supposed to be coming there. He insists Rick hit the outpost. And Gavin's pretty sharp. Like, he kind of knows what's going on. And I, I like this character, Gavin, even when he was the one that dealt with the kingdom people, right? And he was always pretty level-headed. Like, he always kind of knew what was happening He, he he's not bloodthirsty this guy he's kind of you know logical and he says look man something must have happened to these outposts because we didn't get that delivery no one's been on the road we haven't seen anybody on the road since we got attacked here they're they're hitting us all at one time right now they're finally starting to figure that out laura bursts into the room she says the workers are coming up the stairs simon comes outside and tells the workers they're supposed to stay on the ground level the workers however are questioning him Simon doesn't like the tone, but Dwight splits up a fight before it happens. Workers then request more water, but some are saying they aren't getting what they were promised. They said, look, we're supposed to work for you. You're supposed to take care of us. We're getting hot down there. There's no water. You know, we turn the power off. What's going on? And they ask where Negan is. Uh, then suddenly a, a shot rings out, I guess. Is it, Regina shoots one of them, but I don't know if one of them shoots at Regina first. I think that's what happened, right? One of the workers shot at, at the saviors. Uh, it was a, it was another quick move. They're about, they pulled a gun, about to do
5: something, and then what's his name, um, or what's her name, Regina shoots first. So. Gotcha. It's so, a lot of, like, implied action leading to actual action-type moments that are... I mean, for my taste, they're just shot kind of clumsily, so it's annoying, but, you know...
1: It, yeah, because, I mean, we does. find out later that they, they were armed, this group that came up the stairs. Some of them were for, anyway.
5: For, for, for all the action the show gets right, it's these, like, closed space scenes where it's like, okay, you could have handled that better, but
1: whatever. Yeah. So then we hear Negan, he's whistling around the corner, right? We hear, I mean, uh-oh, here comes the big man. And I love how they all get on their knees, every one of mm. them. And even Gabriel Neal, like without even being told to like he just got on his knees too. And
3: when, that reinforces though like like how weak people are right? You, you, like it reinforces in his head, I am the the person that has to do this thing because if I don't, you see how weak they are; they just fall to pieces. It's look. a yeah.
5: It's a great visual. Like there, it's I put that I have that yeah. image my in my review of Negan. Arriving just his stance and how it's like there's no effort that he's doing. He's just arrived and people respect it. And that's a powerful thing to have that kind of power to wield. And it again, it goes a long way to make me appreciate what the savior threat is supposed to be by get by getting just a scene like that where everything's Mm -hmm. falling apart. That gives me a sense of who the saviors are, what they need to survive. It also gets me to understand Negan more. Instead of focusing on how ineffective I think his bloviating is, I get to see an example of what kind of power he controls beyond just talking. And so it
1: it, it works. It works to the, the episode's advantage and to the character's advantage. So as he turns the corner and they all see it's him, he says, Regina, why did you have to go and do that? He goes, I'm guessing a lot of you folks thought I was dead. He reminds them who he is. He goes, "I wear a leather jacket, I have Lucille, and my stack nutsta- my nut sack is made of steel." <laughs> it's a little, it's a little poem, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a haiku by uh, by Negan. Yeah, Negan coos. <laughs> Negan coos. Yes, he, he
2: has to one up the Ezekiel speeches.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, it, it's a little bit more American. It's not so regal, right? It's a little bit more. It's a little bit more American version of that. He excuses himself to a shower. And uh, some service from Frankie. (laughs) He will then get back to business and saving everyone. A worker thanks God for Negan being here to Gabriel's surprise. Like he he just heard his woman say, "Thank you, Negan. Thank God for Mm -hmm. you." Like, wow, I didn't expect that. Like, I I didn't. I thought they were just like indentured servants. They they wanted all want to kill him. I didn't realize they respected this guy so much. Like it wasn't just fear. Maybe it is just fear. I don't know.
3: Oh, well, it's a mixture of everything. I mean, it, it's he's kept this thing going. I mean, as much as people, I mean, they are doing terrible things to keep it going. Um, but they, but these guys, these the people that are there don't really care about that. Like that's they're just day to day working. They're just in there, you know, in that section in the basement doing the whatever job that they've <laughs> been designated to do. Like all that outside stuff where people are doing terrible things, they don't really. I, I bet you don't want to think about it.
0: Maybe he threatens them with going over to Fear the Walking Dead if they don't fall in line. <laughs> oh,
1: well, that'll scare you all, right? That's, that's a scary proposition. That's the crossover right there, right? So in the meeting room later, they're presented with the guns that were used against them. So again, I think there was a shot fired from the crowd that, you know, that's why Regina fired back. Um, it, it was a bag that the, the guns came in. Eugene sees that the paint from Dwight's chess piece is on the bag, he notices it. It's the same red. Like he looks at the bag, and he looks at his thumb. It's the exact same red. So that's the evidence that Dwight armed, uh, okay. yeah, armed the the worker bees.
2: I from, missed the bag, I guess, because I saw him look at his thumb in that scene. I just missed the bag.
1: It, it, it's very subtle. It's only a few droplets, like on the bottom of, of the bag, and it's it's the same red. So after that we see Rick and, and again there's some good visual. You don't there's no lines here, but you see Eugene just staring down Dwight, like <laughs> really looking again, at him yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's it's,
5: it's, gr- it's really good stuff. Like it, it just <laughs> it adds so much to what Eugene's go because now he's in the and we're gonna get to another scene of Eugene, but like it adds to like the scenario he's in. It's like oh, so now he. He knows what's going on, but now it's like, "What do I do about this?" And again, there's another scene coming,
1: yeah for that <laughs> so Rick is walking along the path. He's going to finish the plan again. we don't we still don't know what this plan is or what the completion of this plan is, but he's walking somewhere and he sees a helicopter fly overhead, and there's a lot of speculation on the internet about what this helicopter is, where it was going. does it tie back to the the, the shot they had at the where when he was on, on the garbage heap where there was some aircraft flying back there that we kind of weren't supposed to see, but we saw like there's a lot I of fan theories swimming around back there. I, I don't know. I, I think
5: that that's a bit of bullshit. I <laughs> think the, the, the garbage, I think that's just an accident. But like, if you I, rope it well, <laughs> you never I, they can recon it in, right? Who knows, right?
2: I think that they didn't realize there was a helicopter flying in the area that was a blooper, and then they're like, you know what? Let's just throw it in to f- with people's heads. <laughs>
5: Hmm. I I don't I'm not I'm not far enough in the comics I think to quite know what the helicopter is although okay. I don't know maybe I forget something but I I'm, I'm past the, the neck the war that follows this one that's where I just got to so I don't know if I'm missing something but.
0: it's the airwolf crossover yeah, yeah there you
1: go that's what it is never mind so the saviors exit the meeting room, and Negan asks Eugene to solve the entire mystery of who the mole is. Well, actually, that's not true. He doesn't ask him to do that. This is actually wrong. He says, um, "I want you to deal with the problem outside." Like he 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 wants Eugene to clear up the mess the of walkers. walkers. Right? It's not. Yeah. It's not the mole problem. This is it's, it's, this is actually an error. So um, he goes, "If you try your best, I know you try your best, but you don't figure something out." Don't worry, I'll kill you quickly so you don't have to see all the awful things that are going to go down here when we run out of food and water. <laughs> I guess if that's not motivation, I don't know what is. Negan says, what I'm saying is, I got your back. You got mine? <laughs> Again, it's that fear and intimidation thing, but I guess he knows how to pull Eugene strings, that's for sure. So, uh, Rick is being watched as he
5: continues oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, 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 sorry, that was, that was the scene with Eugene. Right. Uh, it's the it's this place now where it's like, okay, Negan is backing me, but I know Dwight's doing this thing with rick's people. What side <laughs> am I like like and like you Negan will <laughs> something might something bad might happen to me in one of these scenarios. and so it's like I don't know what's going on in Eugene's mind, but I do like I like that I don't know what's going on in his mind. I like that he has this kind of very strong direction he could be going depending on how the wind pushes him so it'll be neat to see where things it's, it's a lot of good
1: things coming from not my favorite characters in this episode
5: <laughs> like there's some good stuff being happening.
1: yeah he's doing a good job i mean i like i like he pulling again you know, a lot of it's just not even not even words it's just his facial expressions his, his mannerisms but he's pulling it off so rick is being watched as he continues walking and a man whistles to his people again we don't know who this man is but it's connecting to something else. We don't know. Maybe he's connected to the helicopter or something. We just don't know who this person is, unless you guys have any theories.
2: Uh, something a little based on the comic, but I don't want to go
0: into it because I don't want to create. Spoilers. I just want to know okay. how Jada I want to know how Jade and the scavengers found a helicopter.
1: But we don't know it's her. <laughs> well, I know they, they tease it right, like in next week's episode, it, it, right? Yeah, they. But. Well,
2: also, there were theories on Reddit I was reading this morning. People were talking about, I think it's Dwight or Simon. One of, somebody made the comment in an episode about, we'll take a flyer or something like that. Anyway, oh. I, that's that's not that's not related. That's an old saying, take a flyer. That means, you know, let's take a risk.
1: Oh, I see. So it's not like... Taking a so okay, I don't, I, you, I yeah. don't,
2: I don't think it. So if there's anybody else out there listening to us that had that in mind, that that's an old saying. That I don't think that's related to the helicopter. The helicopter is probably setting us up for a storyline that's somewhat in the comics later on.
1: Right. We just don't. We're not meant to know at this point, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my guess as far as when this
5: would come into play again. It's probably you know it's just more of like, hey, that's a thing.
1: <laughs> so Eugene approaches Gabriel's room with a pillow, and and again, it, when Gabriel was taken, he uh, Negan said, take him to room two and be gentle with him. I thought room two was just one of the nice, clean waiting rooms. Apparently, it's Daryl's hole. Like that's where Daryl was. The exact same room that he was in, and. and Eugene starts talking through the door. He goes, hi, this is Eugene Porter. I mean, Dr. Eugene Porter. And, you know, we <laughs> oh. we used to, we, we shared some times together. We ate dog together. And, you know, if you remember me. And I guess <laughs> he's trying to. He gives this
5: really long introduction. And then, Gabriel, <laughs> then Gabriel's like, this is Jon Snow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he wants to welcome him with some welcome wagon items. Gabriel is silent, though, prompting Eugene to actually enter the room and find a suffering Gabriel in a deep sweat. Eugene orders him to Doctor Carson 2.0. By the way, it's Doctor Carson's because the first Doctor Carson's dead, right? So yeah. this is this is Doctor right. Carson 2.0. Because <laughs> they're brothers, right? That was like right, one exactly. They... So he's oh, 2.0. Okay. 1.0 got thrown in the in the fire. <laughs> Gabriel insists that they have to get to the get the to the doctor for Maggie or something. He's like saying something about Maggie and getting the doctor to her. But so here's you. You guys think he's infected or something because of the guts? Is that what you're thinking? That's why he was in the in the sweat. In yeah, the, no, that's why he's sick. Okay, easily. Yeah, I thought it was just the air conditioning was off in the sanctuary and it was just butt, like blistering hot in there. I think he was just in a hot they, box. They, like, that's they, why they, they,
5: they, they gave you a button earlier with the whole you know, Negan mentioning they're being sick and then they pressed it by sick. Okay, now he's sick because of the thing.
0: Like, they, they set right. it up, like, it's there. So, you yeah, think they definitely, what it was for They definitely foreshadowed it earlier. Which done makes so many sense, times.
2: but yeah. again, I want to emphasize not only that. Like, again, going back to Fear the Walking Dead, Nick and them—they're eating pieces of Walker brains to get high off of them. I know. So <laughs> if that's not going to get you sick, how in the hell just just covering yourself in the gut? I mean, who tested more? that? But yeah. do we
5: talk enough about the brain? That like who? Te- who's like you know what? I bet we can cut <laughs> off this brain, and, and,
1: the, and like, how many, how many people did they go through before, like, oh no, we got to cut off this part of the brain again? Like, <laughs> I have no guys, idea. if you if you miss Fear the Walking Dead, you have no idea what you miss all right that's it's it. all i'm gonna say yeah, i just realized <laughs> we are talking about how the characters ate brain
5: stems of zombies and yeah that might pro- propose a few questions about what was going on on that show because
2: i'm just saying in reality you would think that any part of a dead body it, it, and rotting corpse and you eat it you're gonna get sick or you cover yourself that's, in
3: it you're uh, sick.
2: but it was, this show has established that no one has gotten sick and then all of a sudden now eight years in we're like oh
5: two hmm. things Two things: the brainstem was pickled,
1: so obviously it was pickled. You're right, it's, oh, true. it's true. Yeah, that's true. So the I vinegar, vinegar took out the, 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 the infection. Like I said earlier, we we don't I, to
5: Gabe, You know, Gabriel's sickle cell could have been acting up with those zombie bloods. So you know, they're probably... <laughs> sickle
4: cell. <laughs> oh,
1: God, just a bad reaction. And you are the second most black person on the show, right? Isn't that what you said, Aaron? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> you know. You know all right so that brings it into this week's episode of uh, the walking dead but before we get to our buster if, ratings if eyes on the next talking dead to explain it then he can do it better than i can but i mean i don't I don't know well they had some theories i'll get to that in a minute though let's get to let's get to a word from our sponsor uh jim do you mind this week
0: no i don't mind uh i, I never mind because dcb service i love to talk about them um they are great, great uh, people to work with, and you know what? We are only about a, you know a few short weeks from all the big holidays, you know, uh, Hanukkah and Christmas and uh, and Kwanzaa Festivus. and Festivus, mm-hmm. and whatever other holiday you like to celebrate. Uh, Orthodox Christmas. Uh, we're just you know we're <laughs> a few weeks from it. It's you know I have a lot of friends who saw, I mean one of the biggest parties of the year is Serbian Orthodox Christmas here in Pittsburgh, dude, no doubt. But um, if you are shopping for someone who's a Walking Dead fan. And they've expressed an interest in the comics. Hey, guess what? DCB Service has them in many different ways. You can get them in the hardcovers, in the big compendiums that are almost 50 issues. In one big uh, big book, uh, you can get them in single issues. Um, and you can dive right into the comic book world of The Walking Dead as well. But if you're not into comics, but you enjoy The Walking Dead, you can order action figures and T-shirts and jackets and maquettes and, you know, collectible card games based on The Walking Dead. Um, I really... Uh, something i like to uh give out uh uh, i gave out uh, actually as a gift last year was the walking dead coloring book um which is uh takes the uh, the the art from the comic blows it up into a larger size and the comic is in black and white so you can you know color just get a a red and a green and a purple crayon and you're you're good you know (laughs) um there's also a really cool hardcover book i have of a lot of the covers of the issues of the first 50 issues of the walking dead that's cool uh that's a really cool coffee table book for a fan of the walking dead um and if you're into other franchises you know star wars very big right now with the new movie coming out uh justice league and the dc comics you know marvel any kind of geeky pop culture cool stuff you want to get for yourself or for someone on your holiday list dcb service has it great price 30 40 50 sometimes 60% off with their clearance they are great people to work for it's not just a giant faceless uh, monolithic corporation uh, like Amazon or something you're dealing with real people who, um, who take real care with the stuff if you're a stickler like our friend Russ L on your collectibles they make sure it's packed tight and well so it's gonna get to you intact and mint condition um, and again, you know, they're, they're great people to work with. They have all kinds of specials. Check out their website, dcbservice.com. You're bound to find something that, uh, that, um, you know, at a great price for someone geeky on your, on your shopping list or yourself, you know, treat yourself as the kids say. <laughs>
4: um, yeah.
0: they also have a brother or sister site in stock trades, which specializes in trade paperbacks and graphic novels. So uh, check that out as well. And thank we you. thank them for their continued support. Excellent. Yeah
2: let me throw in there yeah. too since jim brought it up uh, those adult coloring books are quite therapeutic and relaxing and i have the justice league coloring book that i got through dcb service so definitely a a good pickup if you yes. if you need to relieve yes. some tension
0: and uh, it's definitely definitely a thing now for sure yeah
1: and after our podcast last week they're bringing out the new justice log Uh, coloring book as well. So make sure to get your brown crayon ready to go for that one, okay?
0: No, no, I think I'm going to say uh, hold out for the Justice Log (laughs) wood-burning (laughs) kit. There's a... (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a collectible justice
5: gabble and justice log which is a small log that you have a gabble so if you have makeup courtroom sessions you can use the justice gabble to hammer on said log and the log comes with engraving so you can put your name on there or any kind of secret identity you might possess it's really useful it's a limited well, quantities,
1: folks so if you don't see it on DCB service it's because it's sold out that's why it's the only reason right. why because I already bought them all mm-hmm. <laughs> And it, and if, you're, if you're if you're if you're an aspiring stenographer,
5: you can buy the Justice Log, which you can take notes in. <laughs> the log Maybe book. Maybe get an
0: autograph by book. the log lady.
1: We have pages of these jokes, guys.
5: This is going to be a log <laughs> show.
1: <laughs> well, Jim, thank you as always for mentioning our, our wonderful sponsor, DCB Service, and we appreciate that. Let's get to our Buster ratings. Aaron, you're up. You know, I was a little bit lower. <laughs> Um,
5: earlier, but I'm a little bit higher now, and a little bit rock and roll. Um, I'm going to go with uh, four Busters out of five this week. I think it's a strong episode. I think the... Aside from the Rick and Daryl stuff, which I felt is unnecessary, I do like the Savior expansion. I do like the Negan development, and I, I mean Gabriel's solid as well, and I, the Eugene stuff works. Like, There's a, just a lot of little elements here for a character-based episode um, that play well to what the show is supposed to be. I think there's you know amid amidst the zombie apocalypse we get a good well-rounded character piece here i i can i can see the point being made of how some of the materials feels like it could have been peppered into other episodes but for a a savior focused episode i enjoyed what i got out of it so yeah four
1: busters excellent richard
2: uh yeah i agree i actually was gonna give it four busters as well um I liked it as much as I liked last week's, but for different reasons. I mean, I think I liked last week's just a little bit more, but not by much. Um, I, like I said, I could have really done without the, uh, Rick and Daryl of it, you know, and I think it would have been a little bit better there. Not that I don't mind those characters. I just felt that that whole situation was kind of forced into this episode, but yeah, four busters.
1: Okay. Daryl from the, from the murder shed.
3: Uh, I I would uh, I mean I enjoyed it I enjoyed the episode I uh, it moved everything along uh, at a good pace um, I would give it three point five I, I I enjoyed it it wasn't a wasn't a four or five not not enough happened for that but it was still a good episode and it and it uh, it showed Negan in a light that you can understand why. He is what he is, uh, why he does the things that he does, um, and it's a new face to the. We needed to see the workers, and we needed to see how the leadership went. You know how their little, little little band works when they're under pressure. So it it, it was it was good.
1: Okay, Jim,
0: um, I'm going to give it a four as well. It was it was a well written episode. I like. I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan lent us into the character of Negan a little bit. I did ding it a little bit for um, kind of taking away some of the momentum we had with some of the more uh, you know action focused episodes we've had. But I really did I did did appreciate the character work there. Um, and I I'm always happy to see Stephen Ogg. Uh, <laughs> so I'll go uh, I'll go four point uh, oh. And I, I echo what the other guy said. I thought the Rick and Daryl stuff was kind of unnecessary. I think that maybe they were just kind of throwing out like a fan service bone there or something.
1: I'll give it a 4.5, actually. Um, and I'll tell you why. And, and, that, and for me, that, that's really good because there wasn't a crazy amount of explosions and guns and zombies. And it was really just... I mean, there was some, but really it was more hinted at. It wasn't uh, in your face this episode. So it was really... Um, I liked Negan becoming more human. I've been asking for that for a while. And this really... I thought his acting was really well, too. Jeffrey Dean did a really good job. Of this Father Gabriel... I mean, just that dialogue between the two of them seemed very real, very natural. I mean, he called him an asshole. I mean, it's it's stuff you wanted him to say. Like, it actually, it was just, it seemed very real and not forced and, you know, choppy. So I, I love those scenes between those two. Uh, I liked the little boardroom scenes as well. I liked really, the whole episode was great. It really, I I said it, like I said, I said it out loud during the episode. This is actually a good episode. Like, I really was enjoying it. The Rick and Daryl stuff, I have no problem with that. I don't think it enhanced or detracted from my score. I think it's, I love seeing Rick beat up anybody, even have a little fun with Daryl. So, I mean, obviously, you know, a little chokehold action there was a little illegal. But either way, it was. It was as, as we all know. As, as we, we all know. All. all right. So you know, <laughs> yeah, as it is written. Because you know, it's funny. Some of my friends get pissed off because, like, uh, I'll talk about it. I'm like, you know, wasn't it cool, Rick kicking this some ass? He goes, you know what? Rick's no good because the governor would have killed him, man, if Michonne didn't step in. And then this guy kicked Rick's ass, and this guy kicked Rick's ass. I go, well, look, you know, it's he can't kill everybody. He's got to have some weaknesses, right? So Daryl got the one up on him. It's, it's it's all right. You know, we'll call we'll call it a draw. We'll call it a draw in on this one. But I, I did enjoy the episode overall. Four point five gimple's promise did pay off, right? He did say there was gonna be four episodes of of intense action. That's it. So we got our four, and now we're we're into the season proper now. This is how it's gonna it's gonna flow like this. And we'll, I mean, we'll see I, what happens. I, I, and I'm fine with that if, though. If, yeah, this is if, fine.
5: If he told if he told me there was gonna be three episodes that sucked, one episode of genuine good character development, and then follow that, that'll be slowing down. I, I, you know, I, I have a little more respect for him after and that. And then episode <laughs> seven, the bearded
1: governor makes a, re- a flashback return. And then, <laughs> okay, <right. laughs> he should have sworn. No, I, I,
4: <laughs>
5: I hear I hear on this year's episode seven, they're going to send uh, they're going <laughs> to they're going to send Carl to Chicago for a, a full on episode by himself and then <laughs> lead him back in later
1: on. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Put him in a car, have him just go on a road trip. Okay. You go to a road trip and so you know, it's Wally meets. world and comes back. If he,
0: goes, if he goes to Chicago, it could be a special episode directed by Dick Wolf. <laughs> yeah, he's going to join the crime apartments. <laughs> Chicago zombie. <laughs>
1: But who cares what we have to say, folks? Our listeners on and our, our people in the Facebook group are awesome. They leave their very own buster ratings for each and every episode of The Walking Dead and, of course, Toby ratings for Fear of the Walking Dead. And you get to hear your very own buster ratings read by the one and only Jim Dietz. So, Jim, would you take it away? What do our listeners have to say on the Facebook group this week?
0: Well, we had a lot of uh, people writing in actually, so settle in, everyone. Uh, Brent Jones wrote in with a solid four illegal chokeholds out of five. So, are the fifty cal guns lost forever now? That, that's
1: um, a good point, and we didn't even really bring that up. Like, where did the guns go? I didn't, I didn't see that. I saw explosives, but where's the guns? Did they?
2: They burned up in the fire.
1: Is that really what happened? Like, I didn't.
2: Well, those, the, the those, they were like the big long boxes, the crates. That's what, what they were in, right? And those were still in the back there. I thought.
0: Oh God! All right. That was my guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a waste. Uh, enjoy, enjoyed seeing another side of Negan. I loved how they showed us what our other side did. Went back and us the same timeline from the Savior's POV. And it was interesting to see how the workers view him. Simon is awesome. The Rick Daryl fight was in, interesting. And I can't wait to learn who was in the chopper.
4: <laughs> I was directed
0: <laughs> to use my Schwarzenegger voice there. Um, Ray Irvin writes in. Uh, four hillbilly armored cars out of five. I liked this episode. It was interesting to go back and see what was going on in Sanctuary when Rick and the gang came strolling in. I look forward to seeing what Father Gabriel is up to. Is he really sick? Bit? Faking it? Who knows? I like that he is a character we can actually cheer for nowadays. Uh, Janet Bruner, 3.25 unexplained Negan's survivals out of five. No way Negan was going to die yet, but I guess the cutaway from Negan and Gabriel leaves questions on whether Gabriel is bit, though they did mention it being hot with the power off, and that looked like a really closed-in space. That's what I thought, yeah. Uh, I like the callback to when Daryl and Rick first met with the chokehold comment, but the fight itself Felt like a less cool version of the Morgan and Jesus fight. <laughs> and we already got the solo attempt to take out Negan last episode, our last season with Sasha. Gabriel is so weird. I don't really know how to feel about this episode, which is why I'm giving it a middle rating. Probably will change my mind listening to the podcast, but oh well.
1: Actually, Sasha um, and Rosita took a shot at uh, Negan, right? So, I mean, he's had multiple, uh, yeah. and Carl, I guess, right? So we've had three.
0: Three main characters try to take him Three out. Three long and, and Yeah. Four. It's the hair. That's it, Aaron. You've hit on something. Mm-hmm. Negan. <laughs> See, Gabriel could
2: have been the savior there then. No hair. Oh,
0: oh, he has no hair. That's right. <laughs> uh, what Johnny's... does it mean? <laughs> I'm going to start pinning things to the wall right now <laughs> and putting string in between pieces. of <laughs> uh, Johnny Storer, five out, out of who the hell wrote this episode out of five. Perfect. This is how the show should be every damn week. The helicopter flying over. Holy sh! I think I know what this is. And if I'm right, it just laid the seeds for something that'll be two, three seasons on in the future. Uh, like the helicopter that flew over Atlanta and made the walkers start toward the farm and then crashed and the governor found. Also, they laid the seeds to Negan Backstory. Best episode of the season. I also called the Rick Daryl fight a few weeks ago and you guys said no way they would fight. Ha. Well, I guess we were wrong. <laughs> um, Ian Roswell, five jars of pickles from my private stash out <laughs> of five. Uh, how big is this pickle stash? I don't really want to know. Cukes.
1: Cukes. Uh, Cukes. You did say cukes, right? Yeah.
0: uh, This was excellent. Uh, Example of the need not to use too much action. From Gregory scene at the start to Negan at the end with Eugene, this episode was ramped with tension and shows that you cut off the head of the rest of the body cannot work. Bravo. Uh, Mike Jones, four trailer park confessionals out of five. Best episode (laughs) of the season for me. Negan and Gabriel's dialogue was great considering Gabriel is one of my least favorite characters. The episode... It was a little too chatty overall, but a step in the right direction. Stephen Ogg stole the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sim Slade, uh, 4.5 busters. I enjoyed this episode more than any episode since season six finished. I started watching it. it, was so engrossed, it ended before I knew it, and that hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, Jeff Rhodes wrote in zero busters out of zero. Didn't watch it, we will be listening to the cast. <laughs> <but> hey, <laughs> cheater this show usually ends up better in my head
1: than on screen. So they, they listen to our so it's like uh, what's the, the audio book, right? You're listening to our version of the show. Is that what it is? That's better. That's
0: <laughs> we, should, we should call Audible. Maybe we can get a deal with them. Or
4: something.
0: Yeah. Um, Robert Nigro 3.75 Busters. Is it, in, is it in Andrew Lincoln's contract now that he needs to be beaten in the face in every episode? Uh, since it was only him and Daryl together lately, so it had to be Daryl or WTF? But I did like Negan and Gabriel's interaction in the trailer and the slight tease in Negan's backstory. Guess he was always a jerk. Was surprised that Negan didn't just kill Gabriel or that Gabriel didn't try to kill Negan much sooner. Sorry, Jerry. (laughs) Uh, Mary took Pekia four punching penises out of five. My only complaint for this episode was the Rick Diro arc. I think it took away from the goings-on at the sanctuary. and seemed completely unnecessary, at least for this episode. I uh, love the tension in table, at the table and enjoy the performances of all involved. I don't think things will bode well for Gabriel, but at least he got us to see something more from Negan other than this one-dimensional potty-mouth routine. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan Monk, 3.5 first wives out of five. This episode seemed more like The Walking Dead than I have enjoyed over the past several seasons. The rick Daryl fight was silly. Whose side is Eugene really on? Which pair of pants is Simon wearing now? Where will the red machete go next? That's uh, what everyone, all good everyone questions. Wants. Yes, they are all good questions. <laughs> 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 questions, questions, questions. I need answers. <laughs> um, Mike, Michael Santana, 3.5. Thank God for you, Negan, out of five. That line was a bit cringeworthy to me when I first heard it, but I could see what the writers were going for. Those workers are scared, unorganized, unprepared sheep. Uh, uh, Despite the cruel and unfair conditions, they will hop back in line immediately in the midst of the chaos just to get their comfort routines restored. Take a look at recent history to see plenty of examples. Uh, Great podcast. Look forward to the resolution of this Father Gabriel arc. Uh, Karen Shee, four out of five busters. I really like seeing Negan's more vulnerable side with Gabriel. It was interesting to see further into the sanctuary's inner working and economy as well. It kind of reminded me of Snowpiercer. Hmm. Uh, Rick and Daryl's fight was stupid and contrived just so the writers could get rid of the all too powerful dynamite and guns that the kingdom died to obtain. That said, I do like Daryl going rogue since it's consistent with his character and an understandable response to all the suffering he endured last season. Also a nice callback on the chokehold. Uh, Christine Bowman four confessionals out of five. This is probably my favorite episode of the season so far. How did they make me start caring for Dwight? Uh, I found myself shouting at the TV for Eugene to keep his mouth shut. Uh, When did this happen? Uh, Rob Cook five Atari 2600 boxing games out of five (laughs) a fantastic episode. This one had everything the Savior's table council, Negan being generally uh, spectacular complete with confession followed by a punch in the face Rick and Daryl blowing stuff up, zombie hordes, Gregory being Gregory, Eugene's mullet, magnificent. (laughs) Uh, Scott Holman, 2.5 eggs and pancakey breakfasts out of 5. There was a lot I really liked about this episode, but lost major points from me for two things. First, why the hell didn't Gabriel kill Negan? He was 100% with Rick in this plan, that we just need to kill one person. He had the chance and instead helped save him. Uh, Second, that Rick and Daryl fight seems so forced. Those two are like brothers, but now they disagree and fight so quickly and, of course, can destroy their cool new weapons. Seemed hard to believe. And if you would like to also uh, weigh in with your um, thoughts and buster ratings on the episodes of The Walking Dead, by all means, join The uh, Walking Dead Facebook group uh, it's the Walking Dead TV podcast. It's on the Facebook. You may have heard of Facebook. It's very popular with the young people. You oh, Facebook also... face? Is it Bookface?
5: Is that what we're talking about? No, no, no. About? It's okay. the other way
0: around. I know oh,
5: the... Facebook. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know
0: millennials are out there destroying businesses like Applebee's and stuff. So, I mean, it's confusing. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: but um,
0: you can also link to Aaron Newer's uh, reviews of each episode of The Walking Dead. He goes very in-depth and, uh, more, you know, obviously more than he can on the podcast. And uh, it's at uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com. But you can go to the links directly from our Facebook group. Plus, you know, news and cool discussions and funny memes and stuff like that.
1: Excellent. Well, Jim, thank you, as always, for reading that. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners for leaving their your Buster Ratings. Please join the Facebook group if you haven't already, and uh, you can join the fun. And Aaron's reviews are actually really good. In fact, they come in right about 3 o'clock in the morning, so if you're up really late on the East Coast, what is it like about midnight? Is that when you post it on your, your time? Uh...
5: Oh yeah, because I've been in a position where I've been able to watch it live for the past few weeks, which is, has, it hasn't happened in a while. So I watch it, then it takes me about an hour to write it, and then i got to post it. So yeah, it's,
1: it's about it works so, out. So if you have to be up at 3 in the morning, for whatever reason on the East Coast, you can see his review come come through live the next morning of the show, so it's uh, it's pretty good. But actually, thanks uh, for doing that, Aaron. It's, it's I, get, I get it up pr- as promptly as Possible because I, because I care because I care. Just about like this podcast, we we get it up in a timely fashion for you guys. Like we don't we don't want you waiting any more time than you have to, right? That's it.
2: That's why we're going to start recording at midnight uh, a, a, after the episode airs.
1: Well, oh, I guess we could, right? Right, right, right after I post my review because my thoughts are in order. No, <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> As you're typing the review, it's even better. Yeah. All right, guys. Any final thoughts on this week's episode?
5: I I mean I assume we'll be getting more uh, episodes of this nature uh, as far you know compared to the, like the straight up action from recent weeks so I I mean I look forward to what they plan to do I hope it works out I hope that we're past flashbacks I think we're I think we're done with like it's episode true. 1 stuff at this point so I really hope that we're just moving forward now They're, they're that's, playing that's with that's it I... too
1: much now right they they used to they used to frown upon these time jumps they said well, we're going to use it sparingly but they're not using it sparingly anymore like they're really using them almost every episode now these little these little and they don't call them time jumps but they're they're shifts in time there's something i mean you're playing with time it is getting it's a little the, distracting now i agree with you
2: it's the greg berlanti arrow
0: uh strategy don't need to just... say that no don't <laughs> don't stop just stop no, don't do it Mm-mm. i will say though that uh um uh, Shane is really kicking butt over there in the uh, Punisher series on Netflix. <laughs>
2: oh, that get released I'm finally? Half- i got
1: to
0: check that out. Yep. That, yeah, I'm oh, halfway okay.
2: through episode four. I paused it to record this podcast. It's,
0: it's that good,
1: huh? Yeah. Excellent. So next week's episode is called The King, The Widow, and Rick. Although Aaron said it was going to be called Carl Dies. So either one, take your picks. <laughs> Wikipedia said The King, The Widow, and Rick. So we'll see where this goes. And uh, actually, there's only three episodes more to go, and that's it. There's that one and then two others after it, so uh, before our mid-season break. And, uh, and that's it. All right, guys, so uh, where can our listeners find us when we're not talking about zombies? Aaron, how about you, doing that movie critic thing you do and, and writing reviews and all that kind of stuff? Where can they listen to you? You can listen to me over on the podcast I co-host with my friend Abe at on iTunes, it is
5: called Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about the weekly movie releases, and this week we talk about Justice League with guest Daryl Taylor as one of our Ooh. fun, fun friends to have on the show. Good times <laughs> on that one. Lots
1: of good episodes in general. We got a lot of
5: bonus episodes too. We just did a we did a commentary track for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes, a lot of fun. That was a
1: good. Yeah, so. that's that's cool. I want to check that one out because I, I saw that. That was actually um, that was one of my favorite movies. Actually, the Dracula movies. So, oh well,
5: that's there you go. A, we, yeah. we have
1: we have varying opinions, but it was a lot of fun to talk about.
5: Um, awesome. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's a lot of fun on there.
2: It's Dracula.
5: Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, my reviews and stuff, you you can find that on Entertainment. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4.
1: Excellent. Richard.
2: Well, I am on the DC TV podcast with Jim and Daryl, where we discuss such things as flashbacks and Arrow. Um, You can also uh, find me at ChubToad01 on the Twitters and Instagrams and whatnot.
1: Okay, great, Daryl Taylor.
3: And uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter, the voice one two three. And uh, you can check out some of the podcasts I'm on. Uh, go check yourself. We've had uh, recently, we had uh, novelist uh, David Mack on to talk about his recent uh, Star Trek Discovery book. Um, and we have uh, Dayton uh, Ward coming on uh, next week to talk about his work. On uh, Star Trek uh, Discovery, and the books he has coming up, so that was kind of fun to geek out with him too. Uh, so both those writers have done like years of Trek, like almost fifteen and sixteen years of, of of novels and stuff of Star Trek. So we have that, and we have uh, you know nothing's on with Jim and and Donnie, and and that's our our regular weekly uh, TV and movie podcast. So. Along with all the other uh, great shows that
0: are on the network as well.
1: Okay, great, thanks, Daryl. Jim, how about you?
0: Well, as they mentioned, uh, I'm on the D- I uh, host and produce the DC TV podcast with uh, Chubb and Daryl, and, and sometimes Jerry. And not only do we cover all the DC TV shows on our last episode that we just dropped today, actually, we also uh, do a review of Justice League. Oddly enough with so you know you can listen to Daryl talk about Justice League on that podcast as well. Spoiler
2: free. <laughs> spoiler free review. It is
0: spoiler it is, is it seriously oh, spoiler, spoiler free? Yeah. Come on, really? Or are you being Oh no, really? It is spoiler Spoilers. Yeah, but we uh we uh we talked about it for a good half hour forty five minutes before you even got to our DC TV shows. Um you can also check out Spirit of seventy seven Heavy Gigs in Seaside City. It's a radio play that we make uh set in the world of seventies uh action movies and television shows and uh, it's really fun. And the next episode is going to be draw, so dropping of that this week. Um, nothing's on as Daryl said. Podcast dot com. I'm on that every week with him and Donnie. And you can follow me on the Twitter's at Yoda Joe.
1: Yeah, the heavy gigs. By the way, I definitely tuned into that. It's it's cool. It's experimental. It's definitely not your usual podcast. Um, but you guys yeah. have some fun making that because it's it's actually pretty entertaining. Like you listening, it's like you're oh, cool. you're in the world. You're I in like you're in a different world listening to it. But it's it's fun. I definitely enjoyed that. So check that out, but, folks. Yeah. When I'm talking zombies, I'm talking about cars, okay? I'm the host of the Auto Chat Show, so if you want to find me there. Me and my co host Teddy review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, autochatshow.com or facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. Next show we'll be recording will be on the, the Toyota Forerunner uh, TRD Off Road Edition. So if you are interested in that type of vehicle, check it out. We do a full review, uh, Soup to Nuts, and we actually did a little off-roading in it, too. So we have a on-road and off-road uh, review for that coming up. Uh, probably recording sometime this week. So check check that out for the Auto Chat show. All right, folks, who wants to end, uh, end the episode this week?
2: When there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, it's always best to share your cukes.